The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. Welcome to Paranormal Warehouse. Paranormal Warehouse is the ultimate social media website for paranormal investigators and researchers. Create a profile, add friends, upload video, audio, and photographic evidence. Discuss theories and techniques in the forum. Create a group for your team or find a team to join. Watch, listen, and comment on evidence uploaded by other users. Join today and support Paranormal Unity. It's free. Visit ParanormalWarehouse.com to join. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're waiting for you. up everybody it's jason with the ectoplasm show and tonight i am joined by ed louder that's right louder yes that is pronunciation of apex paranormal because josh is screwing things up again he's so busy that he can't even make it to record an episode this week um anyways I'd like to thank Big Rip for providing the beer. How do you like that Franklin Road? It is good. That's great. Um, coffee porter, right? Yes. Very good. It's I like just it. cool to know people that make their own beer and, and do a good job. Yeah, I've never had a bad beer from them. Um, so you are from Apex Paranormal, and what's the website for Apex Paranormal? It is the Apex Paranormal online. Um, and... We also can be reached uh, via um, uh, the Apex Paranormal um, at Twitter and um, at Gmail. So it would be the Apex Paranormal at Gmail. So. Yeah, and you guys have been around since the beginning or mid mid uh, last year, mid 2015? We're a very active group, and it's almost one year And uh, for us. Um, so, yes, almost one year at this oh, yeah. time. July 11th was your first investigation, yeah. at least online yeah. at Missouri State Penn. And that was when we formed our group. Now, we had we had, had probably, I would say, two years before that, going to Belvoir Winery and messing around with this and, you know, being goofy with recorders. I, I wouldn't say goofy, but yeah. the first time you go after an EVP, it's kind of a goofy experience. You, you're sitting there and you're holding this recorder out and and saying is there anybody here to talk to is there anybody to communicate and you, you've got to get over that and and we did and you know having a, a bottle of wine helped uh with that <laughs> <laughs> with that experience and uh then got more experience uh sean and i first did that together um and then found elijah uh from a place that we worked uh as therapists together um that he had the same fascination for the paranormal and we began to go out there a couple times together and then started buying instruments and then boom the next thing you know we were like all right 
if we're going to do this, let's do it right and, and, and form an organization and really start to do things. And so July 11th of last year was when we, when we began this journey that we're on right now. Yeah. Cool. Now, from your website, it says that you guys stand out because you're all professional licensed mental health professionals. Did we Wait, say professional no. twice? <laughs> It's kind of redundant. No, this is this is the <laughs> sounds this is a little desperate. <laughs> I read I read over a comma. So it yeah. says our group offers a unique perspective in that each of us are professional, comma, licensed mental health professionals. Okay. Yeah. With a passion for the paranormal. <laughs> yes. So what do you think what do you guys think that that does for you? You know, um, I wish I could say, oh, it makes us sensitive towards maybe supernatural things I, I I can't say that for myself I don't think I'm a I'm a sensitive although going to certain places um, like we just got back from Missouri State Penitentiary that is a heavy place period you can't walk in that place without it being a heavy place uh, um, other places that we go that you would think there ought to be a heavy presence sometimes I don't feel that Um. What does that help us with? Well, we all have research backgrounds, one. Um, I think that our group is more on the scientific side of things. And you know, you're, we were talking before the, the uh, show started tonight. What's our goal, kind of? What's our group goal, kind of? And, and it's to bring evidence to the forefront for people to look at and evaluate. Um, and so what we're wanting to do... And uh, I guess in the sharpest way I could I could say that is uh, is we're wanting to find measurable evidence. I I get an EVP, get some something substantial to bring to that community, and offer that as 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 evidence of a possible haunting in a location. Um, uh, looking at anomalous things that normally would not be there, i.e., that being supernatural, and capture it. Um, and uh, you know, not necessarily on the on the spiritual side of things, or, or the spiritualist kind of side of things. Um, so, in that way, uh, with our backgrounds of kind of research and organizational kinds of things, um, going into a haunting investigation with a strategy, or testing out different theories, ideas, and concepts. You know, we want to do that so that we can refine what we do. So we're constantly messing around with that. Um, Sean and I were talking. Elijah was talking, too. We've never done this, and this is goofy. Yet another plateau of goofiness. Um, when we go to our next investigation, and I, I, if, if you go to our website, you'll find out where that is. Cheap, Malvern, right? Cheap plug, cheap plug. <laughs> <laughs> right, Malvern it's going to be. We were talking about on the way back from the prison. Malvern was a place where there was a lot of uh, people housed that had mental health. Um, from being up there with you and Josh and looking at things mm-hmm. that were happened there. Obviously a place of abuse. Yes. And that... One thing that they found out, um, I don't know if I mentioned to you guys yet. I yeah. mentioned it to Elijah. Yeah. They found maybe Josh mentioned it at my birthday. They found yeah. that there were three separate murder suicides in that building alone, outside of it being the mental hospital. Wow! No, I did not know that. 
that's the value of having they, they do hired a lot of the, research. Yeah, yeah no, they yeah. hired a private investigator wow. to check all that stuff out. No, outside physically, you mean? Around? No, no, it was in or the building. In the building, it wasn't when it was a mental hospital, though. Uh, as far as I know, it wasn't when it was a mental hospital. Was that at a time when it was a group home or a? Well, when it when it stopped, uh-huh. it, it's changed hands a bunch of times, and mm-hmm. there was a few people living in there, in and out, until the last guy that before Josh owned it. Yeah. Before that, a few different other people owned it, and apparently, a few of them killed themselves in there, including someone else. Um, wow. I don't know. Josh will be able to give you that more. Incredible. That Incredible. So I want you to... So getting back to this, this goofy thing. <laughs> okay. What yeah. I was challenged to do by my group was get some chairs together, offer up a full group session, just like you would in a counseling group, and see what happens. Offer open-ended questions. Actually, uh, open-ended questions and try, and try and identify with the spirits as much as possible and handle it just like a session. Go for 40 minutes... Introduce it. Walk down the halls, as you know, in the in the uh, mental health wing. Yeah. Tell people group is 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 about to start. Come on out. We want to we want to hear from everybody here. Um, it's a process group. We want to truly hear whatever's on your mind. You have a forum to talk to us. You have a forum to communicate. We've never done this this way, and that we're using totally our counseling skills on site in the same way we would at work. Now I know it's a one way communication, yeah. probably. But maybe it won't be. If I hear if I hear a uh, audible voice, uh, that'll be awesome. But um, we wanted to really try and invoke that environment uh, and see what happens. So we're actually going to try this the first time there and see. Sounds really cool. It's something different, and yeah. we're up to try these experiments. You know what I mean? So we're uh, we're going to do it. So I'm going to sit there and write up write up so some you very need, like a camera questions. on each end of the room, so you get the audience's point of view and your point of view out to the audience yeah and i don't know why they volunteered me to do the group (laughs) session because any one of them could yeah (laughs) uh Uh, speaking of the other guys in your group i want you to describe in your words each uh both elijah and sean wow as far as in what way what are they whatever 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 what they bring who they Uh are uh, how you met them and um I don't know. Maybe a little secret about them. A secret about them. Okay. Well, that's good, and I hope they listen to this because you know I've been labeled as the grumpy old man this past week up at Malvern because of uh, starting late and equi- or not Malvern, excuse me, at the Mo Pen, at the Missouri Pen because of starting late and uh, having equipment failure and sweaty and uh, just grumpy old man. So uh, that'll be a chance for me to right the ship with these two. <laughs> so <laughs> let me think. Uh, Sean Holland. Well, Sean I met at work. Sean and I have a lot of the same uh, similarities and and commonness on our past. Um, A lot of the same sense of humor. Uh, Sean is is very um, positive person. Uh, He can also be very directive, too, at at times. Sean is the guy that gets everything together for for people in a lot yeah. of different ways. Um, that's kind of why he's assumed kind of the natural role of PR a little bit with us. Um, and uh, outgoing, uh, uh, fun guy to be with. Not that Elijah's not a fun guy to be with. He is a fun guy to be with. Um, 
But uh, as far as talents and skills, that's kind of the things that um, I know about about Sean. Really close friend of mine, and so is Elijah too. But uh, uh, and professionally, Sean is a great therapist. He has very good insight um, in in therapy and in life. Um, both him and Elijah have good professional ethics. Uh, so anyway. And then, and then Sean, Sean, uh, you know, is is a little is outgoing, drives a motorcycle, little little bit of a daredevil kind of, yeah. wants to uh, highly into competition a little bit sometimes. So is Elijah. We all three share that together. Elijah's more um, for us for our organization, uh, more pushing us over the top, kind of more manage management kind of thing like. Let's stop just uh, three of us goofing around and make an organization and go after it. It was, and he brought a lot of organization, a framework um, to what we're doing. Um, uh, he um, also provide. He does a lot of research for us, like before we go to a site. Um, so he's diligent in, mm-hmm. in what he does. Fun guy to hang out with too. Elijah and I uh, is probably I've, I've known Sean longer, but Elijah and I through this and. And other things um, it formed a closer relationship. Um, so, Elijah, uh, has a family-oriented guy, good dad. Uh, daughters are into volleyball, and he coaches. And that's another thing that he and I, you know, share or did share. I quit playing volleyball a long time ago, but he he still plays now and coaches and and cares about kids, family. So I've got a lot of respect for both of them. Yeah. So that's a great team to be with and people to grow with. Uh, we goof around, but we can also be pretty serious. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know. That's it in a nutshell. So you got a little mm-hmm. secret or something about them that uh, not? It doesn't have to be anything serious, but something you want funny. A, a funny story <laughs> about each of them. You want funny? Yeah. Um, Elijah will usually have flatulence at most every <laughs> investigation. <laughs> I don't think that happened at, at Mopin. But uh, but uh, we'll catch. There's ladies there, we'll, probably. So just because there's ladies, you go tight sphincter the entire time. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Is that what you do? <laughs> you try and go silent assassin and then blame it on somebody else. <laughs> um, I you know, but uh, and and that's shared sometimes in, in a lot of in some of our investigations. Um, uh, let me think. Funny story. Uh you know, we have we just do a lot of a lot of funny funny things on on investigations. Um, flatulence is one of them. Sorry about that, but uh, I mean, I don't know who this is going out to, but now they're, they're going to know. It's going that. out to my entire list. I know. <laughs> so anyway, there was one time at 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 Malvern that we decided to get Elijah back, um, and uh, it was in setup, and we had eaten. I forgot we ate at a pizza place. No, we ate at a bar across the street. Yeah. And uh, I guess it created in Sean flatulence or gas. You, you were spooning him, or he was spooning you at the end of the night there. <laughs> That's not true. Does it keep warm? It's <laughs> not true. Not true. Um, <laughs> it's alleged. Again, we're very... we're very. Uh, Elijah's the only witness to that. We're so. very evidence-based. There were no yeah. pictures taken of this. <laughs> there's no, there's no, you know, no way that this can be substantiated, so I'm sorry. It's not... you got to throw that out. It's not real evidence. Right. So anyway... <laughs> So anyway, so we, uh, Sean, Sean was, Elijah was at the end of, end of the hallway setting up uh, stuff, and um, 
sometimes for evidence purposes, we won't tell each other what's going on in a room or a location. We'll just say, come in here and let us know what you're feeling or thinking about this. Unsolicited. Yeah. So, Sean, I guess, lets out this nasty fart. And we tell Elijah to come down here real quick because we, we're not going to tell him what it is. But there's something that is odd in this room. So he's all eager coming down. He's like, oh, oh boy, I'm going to sense something. Yeah. Comes around the corner, I guess takes one whiff and goes, oh, my gosh, it's the smell of death. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it reeks in this room. So we, for a couple seconds, we were able to keep our face together, you know, without our poker face on. And then we both start laughing. And then he knows, you know, what we did, that we have fooled him and with our flatulence. So, so I don't know. Apex Paranormal has flatulence issues. So um, <laughs> I guess I'm going to let the world know that. So uh, that's that's. It's uh, okay. I don't think there's any investigator out there that hasn't had their stomach going crazy while trying to do an EVP session. It's true. We've learned not to have pizza beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a good meal. Um, and I didn't know in the beginning that uh, you know your recorders, our recorders are so sensitive they can catch your stomach oh, growl. Oh yeah. And the first couple times we had that, it was like oh, a growl. Oh my gosh, you know. And we, we that's why you have to mark it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mark it in the no. beginning. We we're like, oh, that could be something demonic, possibly. And they were like, no, I know what that is. That's my stomach. So, and to throw myself under the bus, I'm the guy that makes all the the noise. This past weekend. Uh, in our investigation, I was nicknamed the Contaminator because I make a bunch of old man noises oh. and I whisper and I groan. And so uh, here is a funny story. So for the past two investigations, we haven't been able to look at our tape together. Sean was out of town. He took a vacation to uh, to um, did they go to? I think it was uh, Memphis with his wife. Had a great time. So he sent in his evidence. And he had probably 15 clips. Yeah. And then next to the 15 clips, you know, that we scrutinized, I think we took maybe three. But there were three that were, that were like, a possible voice, but I think it's Ed. A possible, <laughs> a possible this or that, but I think it's Ed. And, and you know, so, so now I have, and it was me. I can identify that as me. Yeah. So now I've got the rep- reputation as the contaminator. And um, so that's what... Uh, that's kind of one of my nicknames now, I guess. Huh. And uh, so anyway, well, let's, that's a um, funny story, I guess. Let's, I got a list of your investigations you guys have been on. Now, okay. have you gone with... You've gone on most of theirs, right? I don't or think... most of yours? I don't think I've missed one. Okay. I'm going to go have, through I'm, them, and I want to hear... I don't think I've missed one, yeah. I want to hear a little bit about uh, your experience at each one, if you can remember it. I know some of these are from last year, so... Uh, I can remember... Pretty much every one. So of the them. first one, the Missouri State Penitentiary, was mm. something memorable that happened there on your first investigation. This is kind of a weird story. I brought a friend of mine that I went to high school with, and he was in town for around the Fourth of July weekend. And um, we knew a—I'm not going to say the guy's name, but we knew from high school. Um, and his name might even be on on the tape. Maybe I don't know if we blurted out or not. It was a very sad story. We knew a uh, a guy from our high school that murdered his family, and uh, uh, it was obviously him. He confessed to the crime and went directly, you know, to death row. Was housed there, but not executed there. Okay, it yeah. was executed in another place. 
At one time, we asked if his spirit might still be lingering there because he was housed there for some time. And when we uh, talked about him in our high school, back in our high school, a lot of people made fun of this kid. And uh, the other guy that was there actually defended him one time and, and uh, other kids picking on him. And anyway, we yelled out, are you here? And, you know, his name and are you here? And very slowly back, probably a five-second delay, you can hear, I'm dead on the uh, recorder. Yeah. That was probably... Now, when that happened at Mopin and uh, in Missouri State Penitentiary, long hallways, everything is so pronounced because you, you will yell something out and it echoes all the way through. goes all the way through all that old metal, you yeah. know? And so... Uh, um, it just makes you feel creepy. The lights are completely dark, and you're out there trying to summon up talking to this tragic friend from your past and uh, that did this horrible thing. And to get a response like that, that was a shocker when we listened to it. And I remember the very moment when I, where, I, where I was in my house when I heard that, and it was an eye, it was a, you know, I, I was shocked. My eyes got huge. I was like, what? Yeah. And I rewound it, yep, rewound it, yep, very clear. So that was probably the highlight of that whole first trip. Now, was that your very first... You said you had done Belvoir quite a few times, so that yeah. wasn't your very first EVP. No. But it was no. shocking because it was possibly somebody you knew. Quite possibly, yeah. yeah. And it could have been anybody saying I'm dead mm-hmm. there, because that was death row. Yeah. Um, and it didn't have to be him. See, that's an interesting thing, how we connect things together to make meaning for us all. And you take a couple steps back, and you're like, well, Ed, you know, come on. It could have been any one of those spirits that were there. It didn't have to be him. Yeah. But it was an interesting response. I don't know if you'd call that intelligent or not. I mean, it was kind of. I've stopped trying to label things. Yeah, I've stopped trying to put the intent behind anything Yeah. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. It's hard to know if it's vestigial or, yeah. or intelligent. Yeah, so that's not my first EVP, but that was, that was, that was a, a, a pretty big one. And then we... The, the thing with the first time we were there, we were there with 30 other people and a ghost tour, and they were at least nice and separated the people that showed up with their own instruments away from maybe the people that were there just oh, to get okay. scared and things like that. So that's where we met Three Girls in the Dark. Oh, there? Yes. Then. And uh, we were picked as, you know, hey, anybody that's a professional, quote, whatever that is. And because we had a camera, a couple millimeters and K2... You know, at that time, and it was still new, building our arsenal of uh, investigative tools. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, that's when we met them. We talked a little bit about them. They had been doing that for five, six years before us starting, uh, maybe even longer. I don't know exactly, but they they've got a lot more experience than we have in the field. And so, talked to them, and then we came up at that investigation with this idea of one day. It's a lot of money, but we will get enough people together and we'll rent out this entire place and do our own investigation here. And that happened this past weekend. So yeah. pretty cool. So the next place you went to was John Warnell House. Yeah. And I know uh, somebody who runs the Halloween, some of the Halloween investigations. They used mm-hmm. to run all the Halloween investigations there, but now they split it up. Do you have mm-hmm. anything anything interesting happen there? Did. Um, we, got, we got some EVPs there. We had, at that point, uh, location, if my memory serves me right, uh, we had some interesting things happen with the Melmeter um, that Sean 
would touch the millimeter and the millimeter would go off. If any and, and any of us would touch it or be close to it, the millimeter would not would not go off. It's not us touching it. You know, you know, as as the it's a millimeter with uh, an antenna for the rim pod attachment. Yeah. And um and so whenever he would grab the bottom of the millimeter, the the rim pod would go off. If Elijah grabbed it, nothing would happen. If I grabbed it, nothing would happen. And it wasn't Sean grabbing it very high on the box. As you know, the box sets at a 45-degree angle. So it's, he wasn't grabbing it high, and it just happened like that. And that was odd. It happened in the children's room. Later on through the history, we found out that people of color were slaves, and they were the caregivers for the children. So we thought that was an interesting thing. That the millimeter would go off when Sean was close. Yeah. But when us, as huh. white people, <laughs> were not, maybe the spirits, the, the children spirits associated a certain level of connection with Sean because of his color. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's I don't hard know. to say. And then we had a really interesting thing happen. Uh, and early on investigation, full pause. We had that same millimeter and, and rim pod combination in the pass-through downstairs. Um, I was sitting in the pass-through is there is an area of the kitchen where the slaves would, would prepare the meals, and then they would pass through to the kitchen area um, the prepared meals. So you wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't interact. You would have only, uh, I guess, servers that would be interacting between the slaves that actually uh, put the meal together and then the, uh, the family. So we had done a quiet time. I took the kitchen, other people took other places in the Warnell house, upstairs in the bedrooms, things like that. Did a full 30 minutes. Um, for some reason, I kept looking over my shoulder, and I, I'm normally, again, I'm normally not sensitive, but I kept just kind of going, this is weird, over my shoulder, this is weird. I kept looking through that pass-through. And uh, so we got done with our quiet session, um, and I didn't have anything happen except for that. And then we came down into that dining room area, and we just began to talk about the history of the house with one of the caretakers because as you know if you're you're there that night one of the caretakers stays with you okay. and kind of watches I haven't you. I haven't investigated there often with these, some of these historical civil war places which we've done a few they'll have a caretaker that, uh, that will sit there and stay with you make sure you don't steal anything or break anything or anything like that yeah. um, so we're just talking with her because she's a great historian next thing you know this thing goes off well, we don't have any in, in the the um, the uh, REM pod part goes off, yeah. and you can hear it. You know, go, you know. Um, we don't have any cameras. We're just sitting there talking. It's in between things we're going to do. Um, so we yell up at Nerve Center for Sean to come down with a camera. Goes off again. A couple of seconds. Uh, stays on continually. Then it goes back off. Then it comes back on. By the time Sean comes down, no activity. And I would have loved to have gotten that, itching to go back and see if we can't do that again. Um, Later on that night, same thing, at the very end of the night, we left that out there on the table. And right when we went to go get it, we were about six inches away, and the thing went off when I was about six inches away from grabbing it and taking it away. So I don't know. We're itching to go back, and we've got that book for the future to go back uh, to go. We're, we're we're battling. Do we go to the Warner House or the, or the Major's House? Yeah. And um, so yeah, you uh, have it um, August. It says yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the John Warnell House. Yeah. 
August you have Alexander Majors. Yeah. I think we were battling on which one we going to go to first. Oh, okay. I think we solved it. <laughs> but uh So, Glore Psychiatric Museum. Uh, one of my favorites. Um, we got way interesting evidence there. Personal connection. My grandmother uh, was housed there uh, for some time. She had schizophrenia. And um, she uh, uh, was housed there in the 60s. Um, and actually, the part that she was housed in is now a prison. The museum at Glore is, uh, is the active part of Glore now. Mm-hmm. And the prison is active, but it's, it's a prison. But I remember uh, going there vaguely to pick up my grandmother for home visits um, a long time ago. And then, you know, she'd have a weekend with us and go back. Um, and then later on, uh, you know, that was my, my brush with that a long time ago. So, and all of us having psychiatric backgrounds, um, going there was a really interesting thing. Um, so we, we went up, we did the tour of it, we, we booked it. We got some very interesting things and I got a lesson out of it. The lesson was you never know how an investigation is really, really going until you listen to the evidence afterwards. Um, you may not have, in some places you may have a lot of personal experiences and in other places you may have none. That night, I had none. I was like, this is just boring. This is just an old museum. There's nothing about this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, the evidence said something totally different. Um, uh we got some very interesting EVPs, cursing, uh, you know, it was almost like the spirits kind of knew us in a way, it called Elijah, what was it, uh, what was it, here comes this look, I think one of the EVPs was like, look at him, full of himself, you know, and, um, you know, he's got an air of confidence about him, yeah. so, uh, and then there's another female entity that said that she wanted me. They made fun of that. Yeah. We, I don't know if you've listened to that or not, but they put some cheesy music around that and said Ed is single and ready to mingle with the afterlife. So I <laughs> thought that was funny. We got a very odd EVP that sounded like an old announcement, and I, I love talking about it because when we heard it, when I heard it at first, I'm like, what in the hell is this? And the announcement was, um, everybody go to the bathroom now and then get ready for fine arts. And I'm like, I'm like, where the hell did this come from? What what is this? this it is... couldn't have been bleeding over from the jail. No, they don't have fine arts in that jail. Probably not at two in the morning. I don't think. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because that's when it that's when it was captured. It was like about, and it almost sounded like a megaphone, almost like somebody in an intercom system. Somebody yeah. pushed a PA and said it. Um, the jail's also a considerable distance oh, okay. from from there. Uh, no. I, I really wouldn't say that, uh, that it could be possible contamination. And as we always do, we try and send somebody around to talk outside. You've, mm-hmm. been, on, you've been on investigation mm-hmm. with us. We love to do that. At Malvern, we found that there are some points that bleed over, you know, yeah. that, that were loud. And other points, spots weren't. But uh, we do that as part of our, you know, pre-investigation thing. And it's hard to hear stuff at, at, in Glo- at Glore. Um, and I just couldn't understand that EVP. And when I listened to it, I was like, wow. So we got a decent bit of evidence, probably 12 to 14 EVPs. And I was like, man, I was way off. So the infamous Sally house. Oh, yeah, I won't forget that. (laughs) 
That's another thing. Okay, so so far, if you're tracking what I'm learning about, things about instruments, things about mistakes, about not having a camera in your hand, and then things about odd EVPs and, and really good evidence, but you have no really basis to know if you're getting good evidence at the time. So then we go to Sally House. Um, Elijah and I show up early. We get a tour of the house. Um, Sally House is limited to how many people you can have in it. Yeah, uh, at a time. Yeah, very small. Um, and uh, we go through, and even in the pre-investigation, we're looking at things, and I'm I'm feeling like maybe I'm getting touched at times on the on the side of my cheek, uh, just standing standing there. Um, we go, we go real early. We get all the cameras set up. Everything's ran, and uh, I didn't have any problems at that time. Felt good energy. Tested the walkies. Everything was good. Uh, Sean comes about an hour later. Uh, it's still daylight out, and it's like 6. So we decide, hey, let's leave some static recorders. Let's go into town. Let's have something to eat, i.e. we ate pizza. But, yeah. but not, a, not, any, not any significant problems um, at Sally House. Maybe there was. I don't know. But, it, you know, anyway. Um, so so uh, we uh, come back. And we start the investigation. When we start the investigation, I start to feel drained. I start to feel tired. I'm worn out, fatigued. Um, we had just got done with our quiet time session. Um, and I'm already just really, really exhausted. And I don't know why. And so uh, we're like, oh, hey, this piece of equipment's outside. You know, in, in Elijah's car. So I leave and I go out there. I walk right out. And I, as soon as I get outside, I, I, I feel good. I feel great. Hopeful. Like myself. Yeah. Outgoing. In balance. Whatever. Energy comes back. And I'm like, didn't think about it. And then I go back inside. Drop the uh, the uh, thing off. And, and we go. Elijah hits the basement. And Sean and I hit the upstairs rooms. And again, and within five minutes of being there, I'm back to feeling just worn out and tired and weary and drained. So then we decide after that bit of experiment um, that we're going to go out again and take a break. So we get out of the house, we go outside, and again, I feel I feel fine again. And I'm, I'm, that's when I notice it. I go, you know what? Something's going on with me in this place. Yeah. Uh, that when I'm there, I don't feel good. When I, right when I step out of the dang place in five seconds, I feel uh, totally different. We decided to go get something to drink because uh, it was, it was kind of hot um, in, in there at that time. When we left, we got off property. For some reason, we started thinking about other places in Atchison to go instead of the Sally House. Like, let's just screw this investigation. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah. We've never thought like that. You know, once we're there, we're staying. Um, we've never had any ideas about that. We literally did start driving away, and we're going to go look at this cemetery that was supposedly haunted. And we're like, what? it's kind of like we caught ourselves and said, well, why are we doing this? Let's go back there. This is where we're supposed to be at. What the heck? What are we thinking about? On the way back, we're like, maybe if this is malevolent forces or something like this and it doesn't want to be investigated, maybe it's messing with us. Yeah. I don't know for sure or not. We went back, 
We did more sessions. We did sessions upstairs. We caught an EVP of a little girl. Um, it was an audible voice. Sean and I both heard it. Elijah didn't. And at that time, I was laying on the bed in uh, the children's room where all the dolls and stuff like that are on the floor. And I didn't know that, but in the Sally house, there's all these dolls all the time. I thought the investigators were bringing them in. No, they're not. They're always there. And uh, so I got so drained at that point, even though I heard the voice and after the voice, I was so tired. They were, like, looking at me, and they were like, you don't look right. You need to go downstairs and chill out. So when I left, I started walking out. I walked out of the room. I got on the top of the stairs, and I'm like, should I stay or should I go? I don't know if I should stay. Should I go? I don't know. And I'm just vacillating back and forth. And then I decide, all right, they, I don't decide. They push me further. Go downstairs, Ed. You don't look right. You're not, you're not acting right. So I go downstairs. I feel better. I get outside again. I feel fine. We still got about an hour and a half to go on the investigation. And I kind of stay downstairs for the rest of the time. Um, so I don't know. That was the first physical odd feeling that I've had that may be you know oppression I don't know interesting Uh, nothing's followed me home you know uh, in some of our conversations we did do prayers that night for nothing to follow us home because it has a reputation of an evil place you know and a possible demon that is possibly the Sally girl you know and it's not a little girl at all so anyway and then we did some pretty good debunking there about wasps being downstairs in the basement. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows, but that's a factor if, you know, of the burns, you know, of people getting burned downstairs or having welts. So, but I'll tell you, that place has got something. And uh, we're going to go back again this year. And that's probably the one that uh, I am confronted with the most as far as stuff <laughs> to, to get over. Yeah, you're going back in December, it looks like. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. All right. Um, then we're going to get more into some of the other investigations investigations you guys have coming up. And then okay. I'm going to dive into your thoughts on things. Oh, boy. So during this quick break, I'm going to, if I could get it to play, which I think I can, I'm going to play a song by one of my listeners. Hugh Green sent me a CD, and I'm going to plug it in here. And play it for you, one of the songs off of there. So enjoy that, and we'll be right back.
said you ain't coming back It was his words that killed my pride It was time I had to whack You make it to your mom's place I ain't got a chance in hell Should be saying I was never any good If I'm gone then it's just as well The gas line's been on 20 miles And I still got 20 to go I've been driving this car into the ground Cause it's something you gotta know enjoyed that song if i could get it to play but um i'm gonna cut this part out if i didn't get it to play so you won't know anyways (laughs) so we're talking about some of the investigations now i see on here that you did have a private residence investigation last year you know yes now now that was more elijah handling that or sean handling that i really um i don't know Our, our our team is open to that i'm and uh, you asked me, you know, hey, do you remember all these? You know, and that's one I gotta, I gotta say that um, I don't recall. I mean, I think that they, as far as private investigations, we we want to do those, but um, I don't know. I I don't know where I sit with those. Honestly, I think it's great to help people, and and would love to offer our services. But I can tell you this: that um, I did not go on that. Um, and you said, you asked me, did you go on all these? And I said, well, there's another one on here I know you didn't go to, the Black on Burlington one. The only that Elijah is correct. That I did not go on that one. Yeah. Yep, that is correct. Halloween-ish time, right? First, yeah, the first one I went on, the first one I went on is the next one on here, which is the Wyeth Tootle Mansion. Yeah. Part one, yeah. No, time, first time you went there. They liked us at Glore, and when we were there, there was a, caretaker guy there that was saying well you ought to go to the wife tootle mansion if they'll let you in it's way more haunted than this place (laughs) and and we were like really and we began to talk to him about that and and they had one paranormal crew in there before us and it hadn't been investigated in five years yeah um we had a lot of interesting things there that night you uh saw a apparition uh, apparition there that night upstairs and we think the second time that we went, this this last time, Elijah might have saw this uh, person in white kind of thing again. It was a white mist. It wasn't a full-bodied form. But he said he, that he might have seen that also. Now, you, he saw his in the basement. You saw yours. Uh, well, no, I saw two there. The, yeah. I, that's right. I saw two. I saw one upstairs. Right. In the room... That has like it's like a kid stuff in there. It has a crawl yes. through place with the animals. Yes, um, I saw one in there, just a shadow. We got an EVP the, out of that. Yeah, in, in the that same basement room. is where I saw in the boiler. Is it? A, it's a boiler room, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I saw a man in wearing all white. Yeah, in there. 
He said he couldn't distinguish whether it was a man or a woman or, or what. It wasn't fully humanoid. It was it was kind of forming or something. Yeah. But it was a white mist. But he said you could tell it was like almost like a, a lab coat or something like that. Yeah, that's so like it was like a, a, what I pictured it was was like a almost like an engine like a jumpsuit but white like okay. a, like a I don't know why any maintenance man would be wearing white because it's just going to get dirty unless it's to stay cool while they're painting or something. But painters wear white. Yeah, like that. they yeah. wear white overalls. Mm-hmm. Could have been. I don't know. I don't know either. But I mean, it was, wa- it was walking away from me. And it was there wow. as I walked in, and then it disappeared. So I wow. didn't see its face. And it, it, it was quick for both of yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, at that place, we got foreign languages. Uh, the cool thing that happened for me was uh, we got that Pova, um, which is on our top five, uh, which we're going to redo after a year. Uh, we'll, we'll do another top five best uh, evidence of the year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're in the architect's room, and, and we got this odd EVP, and Sean and I are sitting as close as This was the second I. time? Uh, no, that was the or first was that time. Night? It was that first night. First time. Yeah. yeah. First night uh, that uh, that we went. Um, and uh, so anyway, that was an interesting EVP, and it was very close to the mic, and it was very pronounced. We still don't know what POVAL really means. We're not sure. Hmm. Um, we've done a lot of research on it, but nothing's conclusive. But that EVP... It almost sounds like it has to be a name. Yeah, like a surname, like you yeah. guys were... We had kind of looked into that, that maybe it was this person just saying... I mean, it could be another language. Name. I don't know. I don't know. It's odd. <laughs> now, it's I heard that... In that place, we got a lot of different yeah. weird languages, and that we've never had that from another location. Uh, it's been very bizarre. I heard that the second time around, you had... You think you probably... According to Elijah, I think... You guys had too many people there, and it kind of yeah. got muddled. There was there was contamination when we had, I don't know how many people was there that night. But we still got evidence. But we had to throw a lot of it out with scrutinizing it, over-scrutinizing it, because, you know, there was just a lot of people. And the building, it looks big. But when you're in there, and you're in there with more than, I don't know, 12 people... Mm-hmm. It's really hard to screen out the contamination because, you know, say I'm on the first floor. We found out there that night that you could be all the way up on the third, and you could still hear. Well, that that open staircase is yes. right there in the middle. Well, it's yeah. not in the middle, but it's so open that it's yeah, just goes straight up. up. Yeah, and it's wide open, like you said. It's yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the circumference of that is, but fifteen twenty feet all the way around goes straight up, so it, it all carries. Long hallways. I mean, it's 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 built like that that the sound could carry, and then you know, even footsteps not on your the same floor that you're on. We had a static recorder. We had to throw all of it out because we because we were like, you know, that is footsteps from from uh, the floor above us. Yeah, uh, and we had to you know throw all of that out, and we we're like, oh no, it's quarantined off, and we're not going to go down there. Well, we didn't go down there, but you walked on the on the floor above it. Come on, yeah. So we had to throw all that out. So there's a lot of that that happened. Um, what I remember from the first one, the one that I was on, well, of course it was the two apparitions, but the other yeah. thing was is I actually climbed out of the tower onto the roof and walked around for a little bit. And it was cold that night, full moon, and you're looking at all those other, other, other really old buildings, and I yes. was worried about falling through the roof. And <laughs> well, if you would have fell through the roof, we would not have gotten invited back. Yeah. 
and those people would not love us so much to uh, to today. I was careful. I always like to sneak around. It's something that I do. I've never had a problem with uh, places letting me do that. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. And be, and then that that inter- that is an interesting place up in that tower, mm-hmm. all by itself. There's a there's a tower that goes up. Interesting staircase. I loved. I've, I've you know sometimes you take ghost pictures. You know pictures that you're wanting to find apparitions off of. Uh, with your still camera, and other times you're taking artis- art- artistic, uh, not autistic, <laughs> artistic photos, and that one was one of them. It's got a spiral staircase that looks kind of creepy and yeah. stuff like that. So I'm going to probably blow that one up one day and and have that as an interesting photo because I, I generally another thing is I, I like photography. I think it's a it's a hobby of mine. Yeah. Um, and so some of the places we have been, I've taken both kinds of photographs. Uh, you know, those for evidence and those for fun. But um, that is a unique place also, and we've been back there two times now. Um, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be, if there's anyone from St. Joe listening, um, Glore Psychiatric is going to have an overnight, and they're going to have us as the paranormal team that will um, take people through Glore. Um, and yeah, you have one down in October and one in November. Yeah. Glore Psychiatric museum public event yeah and we're going to do both of those uh that is really kind of cool for us because that's a neat thing i know you've done those things before yeah and are doing that in the future if you want to plug your own thing well, you I can mean, do it I'm, right now well <laughs> honestly i'm running the conferences but right. we have investigations with them mm-hmm. but i don't I, honestly for me personally i don't like playing tour guide so I have other people do that for me. First, first time for us to do it. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it is, uh, and I think it's fun. We get a free investigation out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we wanted. We wanted to go back to Glory again, and this time it's you know it's a, it's it's a nice payback. Um, I think it'd be neat. We're gonna try and do something since we're such evidence based weirdos. We're gonna try and do something where we number all the recorders and um, uh. To personalize it a little bit. Sometimes on these ghost tour kind of things, you don't really walk away with any evidence. I didn't hear anything. Nothing really happened. Didn't see anything. Um, but uh, as you know, probably EVPs are, are probably the thing that happened the most often, I would think. Maybe. That's an uh, actual... Audio... Unexplained audio things yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, way yeah. more than video or yeah. photo. So I came up with this idea of, of numbering these recorders, and in the groups we have, everybody's going to have a number in their group on the recorder. We're going to listen to the um, the inf- the uh, uh, recordings, and then glean out of that. Say off of recording recorder number one, we got this. Recorder number five, we got this. So you could know if you got evidence or not. You don't have to go through the boring part of the review with us, yeah. but it's kind of neat to know my group actually got that. That that actually happened around me. Uh, we get to do a little bit of a ghost hunting 101 class with them about you know uh, instru- basic instruments that we'll that we'll use and and things like that. So I think it'll be fun. It'll be you know a neat thing to do. Um, and uh, so I think it'll be pretty cool all the way around. So, but I wanted something. That could be more personal. I, I thought about that of like having everybody out for an hour to investigate, and then and then you know an hour to listen to tape. But that that you can't do. 
Well, that, that, that wouldn't be fun. That Yeah, the, the people <laughs> wouldn't want to do that. They get, no. Well, some of them might be excited, but most of them, even if they thought it was going to be excited, they'd yeah. sit there for five minutes and then they're like, I'm ready exactly. to go. Exactly. <laughs> you, you'd find out every, everybody's stress tolerance for that. Yeah. And they're like, heck with that. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, so I wanted to personalize it somehow so that I could go, hey, I caught this. Mm. Or my group caught this. So that they, and it's measurable, and so that they can go, wow, that happened, you know. Uh, and just take away something a little bit more than I just walked through a supposedly haunted place, and that was it, you know. So something to spark interest a little bit. So let's jump ahead a little bit yeah. to um, the second investigation I did with you guys at Malvern. The third, third with Elijah, but second yeah. with you guys. Um, mm. Was it worth the trip up there? I mean, Absolutely. obviously you're going back, so... Absolutely. Absolutely. We had a lot of interesting things happen at Malvern, um, other than the alleged um, spooning incident that happened. <laughs> going up there, I, I still, I want to submit that it was extremely cold, one. Two, that my air mattress didn't blow up. Okay, there's a lot of factors in this. Yeah. You can't just label uh-huh. what happened. Uh, three, that I was wrapped up completely in a, um, in a uh, comforter. And um, so that's all I have to say about that. A lot of protective factors. Right. So <laughs> that ended up for me and Sean to be in bed together. Anyway, you know, and feel free to knock that right off the, uh, for the uh, review, this, that last statement. And so uh, now we had a. No, we I'm going to isolate it, and it's going to be a <laughs> probably, new clip probably. that we play at the beginning of it, <laughs> probably. of every episode. <laughs> probably so. Um, <laughs> No, you guys were instrumental in getting us up there and um, loved it. Uh, immediately creeped out by the place. Um, uh, Josh showed up that night, able to you know talk to us about different things. Even showed uh, some uh, different evidence that was captured there. Yeah. When we walked through, got the history. Um, spent a lot of daytime there uh, before even investigating. It was really awesome. We can't wait to go back. Um, we uh, got a, got EVP, substantial EVP evidence, and then one of the coolest things was um, the footsteps. And again, plugging things on our own website. If you have a chance, always put headphones on to get the best the best response when you listen to to uh, any evidence on our website. Um, the footsteps that we got coming down out of the attic. That was just a... It was a personal experience, but we also caught it on tape, so it is an actual bit of evidence. Yeah. It was just shocking to me how real that was. And an hour earlier, you, I, and Josh are upstairs Mm -hmm. and doing an EVP session, and we hear thumps up there, and then maybe a scratching. We're like, damn, is there an animal up here with us? You know, what is that? Didn't see anything. Couldn't rule, Mm -hmm. rule out maybe an animal, but... So the whole night, that door was open to, to the attic. And we got, came out of there. We are doing some other stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to shut the attic door. I don't know why. I don't know what came over me to shut it. But I shut the attic door. Um, we were doing EVP down the hall, probably 15 feet away from the door. And just crystal clear, you can hear footsteps coming down the stairs. You know, thud, 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 thud. We all react to it. We're all I that's that's a time that I was actually like what is this scared? I wouldn't say scared, but it, I, I, I was like, wow, this is really happening. Yeah. 
kind of thing. I know no one was up there. There's no back trap door that somebody could have snuck up there in. You know, I mean, it's... Shoot, the whole attic is as big as the room that we're in maybe right now. Well, yeah, that part of the attic. There's another part to the attic that has there another is. access, but it's, mm-hmm. it's like... I know it's right, not for radio. It's like uh, two yeah. and a half feet by two and a half feet, and it's fifteen, not fifteen, twelve feet off the ground. You, mm-hmm. When I was up there, um, you, I couldn't reach it. It was that high. I had to use yeah. a pole to move the thing out. When I was looking up there one time, and yeah. there's no way up there to the other side of the attic unless you go up that. And I know that that night that nobody went up that. Yeah, you'd have to have a ladder. You'd have to have you know. You'd have to. It was it was incredible. And you were so. sitting. Because it's in that hallway. That access is in that hallway. You were yeah. sitting in that hallway, so you know that nobody went up that thing. Yeah. So it was totally shocking. So we sat there for a second and we're processing it. And then I'm like, I got the recorder in my hand. So I walk right over to the door. And, you know, a lot of people were like, well, why don't you just open the door up? Well, I wanted to see if there's going to be any more activity or not. So I sat there for a second. And... You know, then you hear it go back up the stairs and it goes thunk, 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 thunk. Backwards up the stairs, I guess. And again, now I'm really, you know, got all the, all the, you know, hair on my body standing on end. I'm pretty tingly. And so put my hand on the knob, open it up. Nobody there. Shoot By the, the way, flashlights up, you know, no, we're nothing cutting, there. I'm pretty tingly as well. And What's that? We're cutting, I'm pretty tingly and putting with the other cut too. <laughs> Oh, no, the one about the, the... Oh, yeah, that's great. I'm pretty tingly. That's, that's just wrong to splice that together. <laughs> <laughs> so Anyways, continue your story. Man, that's wrong to splice that together. So uh, so that was a shocking bit of evidence. No one had hard sole shoes. You can clearly tell it's hard sole shoes. When we reviewed it and looked at it, we uh, walked up the stairs. The, scare, the stairs creaked. When we walked up them, because of our weight, yeah, and I don't. I, well, you can't go up and down those fast in any any possible way. Also, the stairs are so narrow. Yeah, it was odd. A grown-up person hardly fits in there. I mean, what what do you think that was? Twenty-four inches? Yeah, not even that. I mean, there's really only one explanation for those stairs, and they they had to be wider at some point they had to be because mm-hmm. the upstairs was finished mm-hmm. it was finished it had trim on the walls yes, and, and everything so mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been able to get any furniture up there even a desk if it was an office nothing and that way that it was um, yeah so and that door is not a full-size door either no not now Mm-mm. i mean um, i don't know if they'll ever be able to figure that out or not but we kind of thought about that it had to weigh less maybe than us, or maybe it's a residual thing and it was old, just a residual, you know, um, uh, haunting kind of thing and it's, it's footprints from a long time ago or somebody going up and down the stairs often. But the but, but when we walked up, it, the stairs creaked and you couldn't hear our, our footprints the same. We surmised possibly it might be a child, maybe, because... As an adult, the stairs are just creaking all over the place. Who knows? Well, one thing I did think, it could have been an invalid's room. A what? A, a room for like an invalid child oh. or whatever they call that. You know, one that they yes. want to hide away. Yes. But it still wouldn't explain how they would get the kids' furniture up there. Unless True. it had been a wider staircase. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think you're right, and I think you're on it. It had to have been wider at one time. Had to have been. I don't see why how it couldn't have been. But and then just to add to the odd, creepy factor of of things that don't make sense there, the pile of old um, uh, oh uh, clothes hangers. Yeah. That are in the corner mm-hmm. from the 1940s. It looks like. Did I tell? I think I, I thought I told you. As the weirdest thing. There's another. There's a. There's another pile of. Those. There's yeah. two more piles. Yeah, of your friend there. that lived there went. Yeah, there's one on the Josh main floor. There's one on the main floor in one of the rooms. At least there was uh-huh. in one of the rooms in the nurses' wing. Okay. And then Connor who lives out in mm-hmm. California. Lived there for a little while. And Josh said he found that in a tunnel. Only big enough to crawl through in a back corner underneath the foundation of the house and other pile of those things. No, I find that very gutsy. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be crawling around at Malvern with some light on my head and some, and some you know, thing. Well, I, I, get, that, my, I, I mean, get myself stuck there and have to, you know, yeah. get some... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, minus the creepiness factor and the narrowness factor. Yeah. That foundation is falling in on itself. You're yeah. crawling under there, and it shifts. Yeah. You're, go- you're you're stuck under there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I I don't know. And yeah. you had commented on oh how that the place had had uh, had effect on him. That is a, a creepy place that have had a lot of. I mean, if there's a place that's haunted, it's got to be that place of of the abuse that happened there and and the confinement of, of what happened there and. Literally the blood on the walls. I mean, yeah. I can I can say that we. Uh, I mean, you know, for literally. Me, I I really like that place. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe uh, it, they did test it. It is human blood, mm-hmm. but I find it hard to believe that if that's from an attack that happened from between the person that owned. Okay, well we got cut off there, and a little bit of technical difficulties for some reason. My. Computer just stopped recording. We maybe it doesn't like me or talking about Malvern. whatever. Yeah, um, we were talking about <laughs> the blood upstairs in Malvern, and as far as I know, the limit of the tests that they've done on it is Lumal or what, however they pronounce it. So they know it's blood. That doesn't mean that it's human blood, mm-hmm. and it also. <laughs> We were talking off air while we were waiting for my computer to reboot that I've never really felt that if it was the attack that got the place shut down between the director, whoever he was, and a patient, mm-hmm. I would think that it would have gotten cleaned up by crime scene investigators or something. Yeah. Or after a crime scene was done, investigation was done, typically they clean those things up. I don't know. If it was condemned, though, right afterwards, really quick, huh? you'd have to put a bunch of people out on the street, though. I mean, it would take some time it, I mean, to it empty was, that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it would be on the walls all that time. It wasn't condemned, so. though. It was shut down. Yeah. But it wasn't condemned. It was sold. Yeah. And people have lived in there since. Then. Like, families. Yeah. Before, uh, the guy named Quincy, I don't know his last name, I wouldn't say it anyways, owned it. Mm-hmm. When Josh first started investigating there, he owned it when we were when we investigated there. Mm-hmm. Between the time it shut down and and he bought it, a couple other people, families lived there, mm-hmm. and some of the, one of the families said that they never even had anything happen the entire time they were living there. 
So maybe they just didn't go up there? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff left over anyways. They, maybe they lived in one part of it. Mm-hmm. But you think that it would have been cleaned up before it was sold at the very least. Yeah. It would make sense that way, and that adds to the mystery of that place. Yeah. And that's why it's mysterious and weird and strange and and interesting to go to. Uh Wow, so they had a period where there wasn't anything going on. I mean, because even, you know, Elijah, speaking about sleeping arrangements literally that night, um, it was, you know, he was the one that was furthest away, and he said, I couldn't hear anything because of this, the heater going on. But he said he, he was hearing voices most of the night out in the building, out in the hallways. Yeah. Um, and you, you had said, other people have said that, and Josh has said, mm-hmm. yeah, just chatter a lot of the... A lot of the yeah. Sometimes, some on some nights, it's chatter a lot of the nights, and especially when your your friend stayed there, there was loud noises and moving, almost thugs yeah, and moving I'm, and things. And he was well, you know, he he was Josh's friend. I never actually met him, but I have oh, talked okay. to him. Uh-huh. Um, but it was Josh that relayed the story of one night he was he lived in the little room on the west end of the mm-hmm. hallway, the, the only room that locked. Mm-hmm. I guess he had one night where it sounded like the walls were falling down inside the house. Mm-hmm. It was like somebody was demolishing part of the building. Mm-hmm. And he went out and looked around and there was nothing. Well, when we met the guy that uh, was looking at, I don't know where that is, prospective possible buyer, he said that there was a paranormal group there. The entire house shook. It does that. It actually does that. Uh, the second time I was there, I felt it. It's It could be anything. I mean, my personal opinion, I think it's the foundation shifting. A psychic person, I don't know who it was, came in and said that that's the house releasing energy. Hmm. Now, uh, Steve Hayes, who we've had on this show, and he's speaking at the conference, mm-hmm. they, were show, they were on the second level, and I guess Josh says when it happens on the second level, you'll actually feel the whole building go up and down, like the whole floor will heave. That would be shocking as hell. It, it, it was. Happened. It was so shock, so shocking to the point that they. It was late in the night, and anyways, they, they just packed up and left because yeah. I could see how shocking that is. But I, I personally think it's probably the foundation. That whole western side of that whole building is sinking into the ground. You can see yeah. it, in, yeah. You know, in the walls and stuff. But yeah, um, that's, so that's that's wild. That's just another thing about that place. It's it's very. Now it, you're talking interesting things. Um, Elijah of our group got very sick after being mm-hmm. at Malvern. Um, I got sick too. It was only lasted two days for me, or a day yeah. and a half for me. He was sick for weeks, and he wants to go and go back up there and kind of confront what that is and see what happens. You know, yeah. again, um, uh, I don't know. We interesting talk behind the scenes about uh, about about that with us too going to paranormal places could that because of the energy there and because of certain things and you know my my thoughts about you know what that you know uh, these things might be measurable scientific that it's electrical energy possibly that's there because when we think i just do this for a second when we when we uh when we think or when we uh you and i have enough electrical energy running through us to light a light bulb up right now, and every thought that you're having 
and every thought that I'm having now about what organizing my thoughts and saying whatever comes out of my mouth next, um, I am shooting off, you know, nerves in my in my brain, remembering things in my memory, um, and this is all done through my nerves in, uh, you know, and using different areas of my brain. If you were to get a CAT scan, you would be able to see areas of my brain right now accessing things, linguistics. Uh, higher level kind of learning things, maybe screening things out, what I should say, what I shouldn't say. Um, when you mentioned Malvern, I have a concept of what Malvern is. Yeah. This is all shot around with electrical force, uh, electrical energy and chemical energy in my brain. Um, and uh, what I believe is, is left over is that type of energy because every decision that you've ever made and I've, every thought that I've ever made is made by that electrical energy rolling through me and scientifically psychologically psychiatrically uh and uh, einstein's theory is no energy you know if if the relative theory of relativity is is there that there's no energy that can be newly constructed or destroyed and so what happens to that energy when i die i i i I know that i catch cat scan a, a dead person's brain and there's nothing going on anymore so where did that go um it obviously is not in the body anymore, so where is it? So that is something that I feel is tangible and real. So uh, where I started out with that was was I feel that those electrical forces are, are there, yeah. and uh, that is possibly what we are discovering when we have an anomaly or a spirit in an area, and that's what we You measure. know what bugs me um, that I think about a lot? I've mentioned it on the show before, and I, th- I may have mentioned it to you guys before, before too. Yeah. I, I feel a lot like you do. I try yeah. not to label anything. I try not to. I try to keep my mind open to everything. But I mm-hmm. think that if there are parts of us left over, it's something in energy uh, or electricity of some sorts. But yeah. the thing that gets to me, I have to. Lo- I have to look into it more. Yeah. Our planet is never in the same place at one point in space, ever. So mm-hmm. if there's part of it that's left over, it has to confine to the laws of gravity to stay on the planet, or it would be just floating out in space somewhere. True. Because not only are we spinning around the sun, of course, our solar system is spinning around the center of our galaxy. True. And our galaxy is moving as well. The entire galaxy is actually moving We're towards another galaxy and that's going to crash into it in like a billion years or whatever. Yeah. So there has to be something within physics... Probably within the physics of gravity, that would hold a spirit here to the planet, which would mm-hmm. make them an actual tangible thing. Tangible thing, I would, I would agree with that. So, uh, uh, there has to be a way to read that. Then, <laughs> if it's a ta- if it's a tangible thing that's affected by gravity, it True. has to be something that, we, you know, obviously I don't think could be necessarily at the top. Could be the, measurable. Know, yeah, could we be don't. Measurable. We don't have the device to do it, maybe. Not yet, maybe. But I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Could be measurable. Um, I want to talk about this next place. I've investigated a theater, a couple theaters in the past, and they were awesome. Yeah. How was uh, Brown Grand Theater? Brown Grand Theater, uh, interesting. I think we want to go there again. We don't have it on the list. I'd uh, love to go with you next. I, time. I would love to have you. I mean, we'll always have you on any 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 one of these. You you kind of got carte blanche almost for that. <laughs> um, not everybody has that. We'd love to pony up with you to investigate any time. 
Um, and uh, uh, that was an interesting one because Elijah couldn't go. I forgot what the uh, deal oh, was. That's right, yeah. And it was just me and Sean. Wasn't he? Was he still sick? He was still sick. That's that was exactly only like right. a week and a half after. That is that exactly one. right. Thank you for jogging my memory. He was still sick from Malvern, and um, that's another thing. Like he said, you know, he 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 wanted to make it, but he couldn't. I mean, this is a flu that knocked him down bad, and they said it was the bird flu, which is kind of rare and an odd thing. And what I was going to talk about before my point about the energy thing that I honestly I was like, oh, I'm nervous now because I, I I did this great theory on energy and I forgot what the hell I was going to what I was really saying was that when you go into a haunted place like that, we have talked behind the scenes about possibly this knocks down your immune system. No one's ever done any work on oh, that. Oh, yeah. I was going to say something about it, too, but finish your thought. But, yeah, possibly it knocks down your immune system because he got sick like that. Sometimes people get sick from certain places. Maybe being in a place like that that's kind of a, a charged environment, maybe, or an environment that holds it has limestone in it that maybe holds energy uh, there or some some of those other theories we're all very accustomed with maybe that breaks down your immune system being in a place like that i.e. talking about Sally and how that made me feel maybe when when there are possibly you know malevolent spirits that can't possess us but maybe want to oppress us uh, it knocks down our immune system yeah. I don't know um and that that may be something that's that's pretty interesting. So I don't know, you know, everybody out there, take your vitamins before you go ghost hunting, <laughs> and uh, you know, properly hydrate and take more vitamins afterwards. I, I don't know, but um, uh, it's an interesting thought, you know. I so was curious. I thought if, about if you're it out the there, time. you want to make a cheesy idea yeah. to make a bunch of money, <laughs> make paranormal vitamins so that you can go protect yourself yeah. and then go out and hunt ghosts with it. I don't know. I'm just joking. But <laughs> my yeah. thought was that. Maybe he was hypersensitive to the mold in that place. That place has a ton of mold. That is a possibility. And I don't know too. the extent of how long it can affect you. Yeah. But uh, on your list here, most of these other places, all the ones that I know of, even if they're empty, they're pretty well kept. Mm-hmm. Malvern is is kept from falling down. Yes. You're not going to get hurt in there, but there's a ton of yes. mildew, mold, and there is and other stuff in that building. And that's another thing, I guess, you know, you see, you know, Ghost Adventures has always got Zach with his breathing thing on and whatever. Yeah. There is a lot to be said, and from my construction background, I'm, you're probably walking into some things that have asbestos in them and, mm-hmm. and things like that that are literally deteriorating, and these are buildings that are not used, so um, none of the... Uh, 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 the only time that you have to you have to work at asbestos or removing it is when somebody wants to re uh, 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 release the place or have another business in it. Yeah. I mean, there are places right now that they've been sitting that probably have asbestos in them. Well, and that only and really gets if there's to no you new if business, they tear it out. Right in the state that it's usually yeah. in. In yes. the ceilings or whatever, yes. it's not going to affect you no. unless you start ripping it out. Correct. But at Malvern, everything's falling down on yes. that one side. And what it, what I'm saying kind of about that is is that no one's going to remediate unless you're going to open it up again. Because yeah. no one's going to spend the cost of remediation to get all that stuff out of there unless you're going to... So there are places that out there in the world that have asbestos but no one's inhabiting them again so they're like whatever it's just so what mm-hmm. it's just going to go away and that's that that's a bad thing about 
you know, construction, uh, possibly. But if no one's going to inhabit it again, it's just going to fall down. We let those things go in the world. You know, that's yeah. that's what. Um, so what I'm saying is too, you, good job and good thought about debunking it. That maybe it's it's mold. Maybe it's a environmental thing that occurred. Maybe it's not this. And I think that's 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 where my mind is. Your mind is at debunking and trying to figure out possible causes. Not everything is supernatural all the time. No. Um, but anyway, it's, it'd be pretty interesting for him to go there again and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I'm going to go to Sally House again and see what happens to me. Um, so that's part of us as explorers and stuff to go do this fun stuff. So Well, let's get back to the theater. Yeah. Um, enjoyed it. Thought it was great. A lot of history. We shot a documentary there. The KU film students came out and shot a lot of documentary on us. Uh, philosophies about ghost hunting, what brought you into ghost hunting, things like that. So it was an interesting thing. We had film crew there, five other people besides me and Sean. Um, the coolest thing there was uh, my st- our static detector went off two or three times, and we've hardly ever had that instrument go off for a prolonged period of time. Yeah, and um, uh, that was a really interesting thing, phenomenon. Uh, I loved seeing that happen. You know, I, I think it, it. You know, it adds to the chill factor when you have an instrument that you know hardly ever goes off, and, and it's and now it's like really doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've had it on different investigations, and so it's kind of validating. Um, and then I went up and tested it right afterwards, and yes, it was reading properly. Not right afterwards. I let it calm down for a while because when that happened, it happened on the stage. And then you look back in the history; a lot of things happened on that stage. We um, had wires move. You couldn't see them, but you could hear them. Our cameras couldn't pick it up because it was dark. But you could literally hear the wires that we had on the stage kind of moving around. It was Hmm. odd. Now, when we went back and looked at more of the investigations that had been there, lots of activity happened on the stage. So I'd love to set up some interesting experiments on the stage next time. Um, We did a lot of uh, EVP interaction about actors coming and and uh, you know, uh, come out here and, and, and audition for the next you know the next theater role and stuff like this, and try to th- you know ask some interesting uh, questions in context. But that was an interesting place. It was very different. Um, there was a lot of con- contamination there, but um, uh, that's the first theater I'd ever been in, and it was an interesting setup because the theater is just a giant room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I think it play it lends to play uh, tricks on your eyes, all the seats and things like that. You uh, can sometimes do some matrixing, you know, with your eyes. Oh yeah. We had a weird thing happen before the investigation. I don't know if Sean ever mentioned this to you about the bathroom light coming on. I don't remember that. But we, we were pre-investigating with everybody, and uh, we're just going around doing uh, setting the cameras up and this and that. Um, we had got a brief history tour, and um, we walked up uh, by the bathroom, and a light turned on. And I'm like, oh, it's got to be a motion sensor, because we just walked into the bathroom, two steps in the bathroom, and boom, the light came on. Yeah. So we were shocked. We were like, oh, you know, like that. And then we are like, oh, it's a motion detector, uh, motion-sensitive light, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Stayed on when we were in there, and then when we walked out, the light turned out. Just like that. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And that's why in my mind, I'm like, 
ah, motion sensor. That's what they've got, you know. So we we went around, and um, later on, uh, somebody from uh, from our crew wanted to go to the bathroom. Went in, dark. Started feeling on the wall. No light switch. No switch. No switch on the wall. So walked up to the front uh, where the lady was that did our tour, and she's got an office in there. And she goes, oh, well, yeah, there's no switch. i got to turn those on off the panel. So she turned it on off the panel, and there's no switch in the women's, there's no switch in the men's, and when they turn it on on theater night, they turn it on and leave it on on the panel. It's constantly going. Huh. Then they turn it off at night. So there's no way they, you didn't see her turning it on when you walked on and turning no. it off when you walked on. We had out. no communication with her. She was in another area of the building. She wasn't in her office at that time. As a matter of fact, she was about 20 feet in front of us on the other side of the building talking to people in the film crew when that when that went on. Interesting. And I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> and it happened just like a motion detector. You took two steps in it, boom, turned on. Took two steps out of it, boom, turned off. Well, you actually, thing. motion detectors usually wait like 30 seconds to turn off. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... That was a weird... would have had to, like, connected the breaker. It was the weirdest thing. And then when we went in there and I'm looking, having a background in construction, I'm like, ah, the switch ought to be right here. It's not there. Well, okay, that's, that's crazy if it's over here. Well, it's not there. That's nuts because it'd be behind the door. Sometimes people change door swings, and it's actually behind the door. You know? That wasn't there. And we walked around, and, and she's like, yeah, there's no switch there. you gotta get, you got to do it this way. And she flipped the breaker, and it turned on. I was like, wow, that's weird. Huh. So <laughs> we can't wait to go back to, the, uh, to that place. Pretty interesting place. So Squirrel Cage Jail. We are doing the evidence review of that right now. We actually just completed it and just put it on. It's on the website just today, um, I believe. Uh, way unique place with that giant cage. Yeah, this place is crazy. I mean, there's only one that's similar in Missouri, and it's only a single level. It's yeah. not a three-level. And that's in Chillicothe, Missouri, mm-hmm. I think. Um, there are eight of these made compl- uh, total. That's the biggest one, three stories tall. Mm-hmm. Um, they were made by an architect. Gee, I wonder what architect made that. Albert Eccles, same guy that we got from uh, that that uh, at Wyeth Tootle Mansion did Wyeth Tootle oh, Mansion. Okay. Yeah. Same guy. Huh. Him and another guy came up with this idea for the squirrel cage jails all around uh, the Midwest. That there there were eight of them at one time. So there's an interesting parallel and interesting connection, you know. Um, EVPs happened there. It was kind of a cool thing. We had two skeptical people that were there. Elijah catches this EVP upstairs, um, and uh, on the live EVP uh, recorder that we have, and um, that's another thing that doesn't work for us that much. But that yeah. night, it was the first EVP we caught, and it was live, and uh, so he was able to turn it back immediately to the point it came on, and you could hear. The EVP, very clear, took it downstairs to the two people that were downstairs and say, well, look, this is what we just caught upstairs. They, they were blown away by it, fascinated by it, couldn't explain it, still didn't want to accept it. And we were like, well, what else would this be? Go ahead and give us an explanation. They didn't want to accept it. No. It's not the same person running it as when I went. 
Probably not. No, I know. The the person that ran it before, her name was Carly. She spoke at my second conference. Yes. She's involved, I think, in a way, but not. Yes. She doesn't run that place anymore. She's way cool. Guess what? We even called her that night on the phone. Yeah. And asked about hot spots. And she was in some f- basketball game, football game, something like that. And took time to talk to us on the phone. Awesome lady. Yeah. And she wasn't there. Um, I don't know if she still works there, still does that I don't that think or not. so. According to Josh, yeah, and they had new closer people. there. She doesn't anymore. Yeah, and they had new people doing the tour. The people in the daytime, they were saying, oh, yeah, we had things happen. We've had things happen. The people at night were like, nope, I've never had it happen to us. Have had nothing happen yet. So then we're like, here's this piece of evidence. What is it? You know, clearly it's not our voices. What else could it be? Does yeah. that bleed in? Because what it did was it finished the sentence. Huh. It literally, Elijah was saying, look at the wind out there blowing all the leaves. And the voice chimes right in at that and says, around. In a kind of deep, wouldn't say deep, yeah, but no, raspy, yeah. creepy ghost voice, you know? Kind of around, like that. And we were like, man, this thing finished a possible sentence. And it said it, so it all the right way in line. Yes, it was upstairs in the um, apartment. I found where those, the that room more uncomfortable than the rest of the place. Yeah, it's where the marshal stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of evidence like, There's a there. series of rooms up there. Yeah, there is. But the top floor is where I felt, mo- I felt most uncomfortable up there mm-hmm. rather than in the jail. I mean, the jail cells, they feel confined because of what they are, but really they're more open. To me, yeah. they were. Um, yeah. And there's a lot more light in that place, so that might be a factor. There is a lot more light in there. Because they have the lights on outside, and they can't block it out. They but. can't. And then on one side, they have all of that. That whole side is almost windows. Mm. So there's a lot of light. I mean, it's, it's, I mean that's a place you could, you could uh, investigate, and you're not going to trip over something or anything, yeah. <laughs> anything like that. You can kind of see your way through it. We had a, I had a real interesting spike of the millimeter when I left and came down the stairs right outside the apartment right after that happened um, 2.4 and then it went down to a 1.9 it took two steps back and um, you know it went down to like a point five, and then it was gone so I'm like hey guys I got a really big hit on the millimeter so I walked down to the end of the stairs got zeros started walking back up and I did it again we had we had covered that place really well with uh, you know pre-investigation uh, walk through, and that never registered up there. There was some other spots that registered odd um, mail readings, but not not that. And then when I got it the second time, it wasn't as strong. It was about a one point five, you know. And when we wrote it all down, you know, uh, you can hear me marking it. You know how many seconds it was this, and how many seconds it went down. And so there's obviously something millimeter wise outside that apartment, also. Yeah. And it was it was interesting, and it was interesting to get those readings. And then then I walked up those stairs about three more times throughout the night and got zeros the entire time and everything else. So I don't know, interesting place. Uh, that's an interesting place to be in. Yeah. Uh, so coming up, how is the planning for your squatch coming? <laughs> and that falls on my shoulders. Does to it? do, yeah. yes, it does. It falls on my shoulders. Well, it says to do. you're doing it in September, so you only yeah. have uh, three, four months. Yeah, months. three, four months. I know. Um, what I'm going to do 
is I'm going to look at uh, the state of Missouri because we're going to do it in Missouri. Uh, I'm going to look at sightings. Um, I used to have all the sightings listed on my website, but I took it down a while ago. I may still have the map that shows the hottest county anyways. Yeah. Now, the BFRO, I'm basing it a lot off of what they... I'd love to get that information from you. Uh, Hottest county. But also, there's latest sightings and trends. Now, some of these counties were way hot, but not now. Um, And where are they catching sightings? Right now, there has not been a whole lot of sightings in Missouri. Um, I'm I'm thinking off the the BFRO website, we've got two of them. Maybe this year, uh, one was up by the Iowa border, um, and then we've had a couple down by the, in the St. Louis area, not too far out of St. Louis. Now, the historical big place, of course, has been down in the Ozarks and yeah. probably bordering um, Arkansas and you know, uh, you know, the Boggy Creek Monster and Falk, the Falk Monster, and mm-hmm. all those things, all the history of those things. Um, if you look at you know forested areas, of course, that would probably be the most likely place um, for the for for. A, now, do you honestly think that there could be a Bigfoot in Missouri? I want your honest opinion. I, Whether you, get, uh, I, I, I want to go look for him too. But do you think yeah. that there's possibility of Bigfoot in Missouri? Well, it's interesting, and since you've got a map of the United States right here, it's interesting. Uh, um, I think if you ask me where I sit with it right now. And I've only gone squatching one other time, um, and that was down by Nevada, Missouri, because they had a cluster of sightings about three years ago. Within a, within a probably man, I want to say an eight mile, nine mile, maybe twelve mile radius. There were four of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was in two years. It might have been even more of that, but uh, it was in two years, and I forget what the years were. It was 2012, maybe maybe 13. And uh, I thought that was anomalous. Hey, wow, these these couple counties, wow, look at this. Yeah. And um, so Sean and I went down and, and, and looked, drove all over these counties. Now, it, it, they were, there's a lot of wide open places, a lot of farms, uh, not a whole lot of forested areas in this. There, it was it was enough, but it, but it wasn't like wow, something could really find cover here all the time. Which led me to believe that, I think, maybe, I don't know, and I'd have to do a whole lot more research, that they might move through. Now, just on looking at it without totally plotting everything out, I joked around and I call it Squatchtober because on the BFR website, the BFRO website, a lot of these sightings happen in the month of October. And the next probably hottest month would be November. Um, There's not a whole lot of summertime sightings. Yeah. Of Bigfoot that much here. Well, if they're a um, super hairy guy, they're going to go north. <laughs> I, that's what I'm thinking. And what I'm thinking is that they move through some corridor, maybe through here, yeah. but they don't really stay here. If if there is a place I could pick, it would be southern Missouri, maybe into Arkansas, in remote areas, and maybe even tailing down into Kentucky that they would stay at. However, you have Texas and Oklahoma that have huge amounts of sightings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got mountainous stuff in Oklahoma, uh, the eastern part of Oklahoma. And there's been a lot of documentary shot on the Oklahoma Bigfoot uh, kind of thing. Texas Bigfoot supposedly is kind of a different kind of little creature. Um, doesn't grow as big, is not as, as but is supposedly aggressive. Yeah. Towards people, you got a lot of rock throwing and all this stuff being alleged, and so I don't know. And then, 
you know, Louisiana has its bunch of stories. To me, the most likely place, of course, in the entire United States, and, and oddly enough, Ohio is a very, very, very big active area mm-hmm. for for that. They have the history of the Grassman and and uh, the Ohio Grassman, just just like Missouri had the Momo Monster, uh, you know, in the seventies and sixties, and and then Falk Monster, same thing, seventies and sixties, and um, but then you've got California and Oregon and Washington, and then you go right up into British Columbia. Now I can see that as a remote area enough. Um, to support this kind of life from this large animal. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing that gets me about the existence of it, that, hell, even if a thing ate grass, something as as minute as that, that, you know, uh, it'd have to eat a hell of a lot of grass. It's 500 pounds. Yeah. You know, uh, so you would see things. Mm-hmm. Well, see, my, um, my whole problem with it being... In the continental United States, unless we're talking like a metaphysical creature, mm-hmm. or something passing through for whatever reasons, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. maybe they breed in Canada. That's why they're, that's where their breeding population is. Who knows? That's a long way to travel. It is a regionally. long way to travel. But um, unless they're a metaphysical thing, they they don't have a breeding population that I could see, even in sightings in the continental United States. Now, mm-hmm. as far as Canada, there's. Areas up there, there's hundreds of miles between towns, and sure are. There's actually um, remote areas. Yeah, I've seen a study, and I think I mentioned on the show before, um, Bigfoot sightings tracking throughout the time of the year in Canada, Mm -hmm. and I would I would say it's about eighty percent of the time the Bigfoot sightings happen where the blueberries are growing at that latitude or that longitude Mm -hmm. or whatever it is uh, that that time of the year. That's where the the Bigfoot are seeing. Yeah. Now, see, I like that as a possible connection, physical connection to something that, hey, you know, at this time of the year, this is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Shark Week this week. Um, so uh, at Shark Week, they were talking about um, why great whites migrate and how far they go up. Uh, I'm a shark nut, probably more of a shark nut than I am a Bigfoot nut. Uh, there's two areas off northern California. Uh, one is um, Guadalupe Island. This is down in uh, Mexico. And then all the way up to um, uh, out by San Francisco, uh, there is another island there where they hunt seals. And um, they think that Guadalupe Island, uh, down by Mexico, down by Baja, might be a breeding ground for them. Now there's been sightings, which is odd, of them all the way up as far as Oregon coastline. Um, so their migration, though, has a possibility of that there are large sea lions there. Um, and there's been attacks happen in a small area. I, would, I wouldn't say small area, but there's been attacks happen on the Oregon uh, coastline in some clusters and what they are surmising is that, is that only the biggest great whites are going up there um, because they've got a lot of white sharks tagged now. Ten years ago, they didn't have that. Yeah. You know, so uh, now they know about migration patterns and et cetera. Um, they, they now know why they would go to the, the uh, uh, um, islands to hunt these seals. But the biggest whites go all the way up to Oregon coastline in order to get these big... Uh, sea lions so only a huge shark of certain size would go do this yeah 
because uh, uh, they track them. So migration patterns that have a purpose, food being the main thing, of course, uh, or mating being a thing. Yeah. With all animal species, it's the same. So having something like what you just said would make sense, um, you know, for them to travel that far. Yeah. Proliferation of the species is the only reason why anything would go anywhere. Um, or there is a easy, literally, sorry about the pun, but low-hanging fruit that I can get that I don't have to expend a whole lot of calories on, and I can get that, i.e. grizzly bears in the salmon run. Yeah. Why would they hunt in the woods when the whole damn streams are filled with salmon and it's a smorgasbord? Yeah. Well, that's why it's going on. So so if that happens in the animal world that way, that if, if it's truly an animal then that's going to happen for them too, even though they're elusive and we don't see them a whole lot. So, yeah, tracking some of those things would make a whole lot of sense. You know what I think? I think that they're spending, they're hanging out with the Nazis in Hollow Earth. In what? In Hollow Earth. The Ho- center of the planet, and they come up through caves. <laughs> 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 well, I know Hitler had a lot to do with possibly aliens, but... I don't know about Bigfoot no. creatures. You know, I'm not sure. Anyways, um, <laughs> like to thank you for coming on. Let uh, let the people know where they can find you guys again. Uh, we are um, the Apex Paranormal online, and uh, you can access us through uh, Twitter at the Apex Paranormal online or our website Apex Paranormal online at Gmail, um, and uh, those are probably the best ways to get a hold of us really enjoyed being here thank you very much for having me um and i know the rest of the guys couldn't be here tonight uh but uh i hope i i did everything justice by being our lone person no, that's good. we went um, so. like an hour over an hour and a half so oh, awesome and uh Great. yeah it's a good time so everybody out there if you want to come check out the ectoplasmshow.com or you can call us and leave a message or a text us about ed or whatever you want to at 913-730-7255. I cannot get pictures, so don't send me pictures of your junk. You can email it. You get a lot of that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Rate and review us on iTunes. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. And come to my conferences in the fall. I'm going to end the show with another song from Huke. Uh, I'll put a link on the website to where you can purchase his CD. So, see you later. Approaches. It's time to make my peace. Will I see the face of Jesus? Feel the fury of the beast. Crows sing the midnight song. Tell me it won't be long. May cry what I done wrong. Crows sing the midnight. 